0: Good morning, everyone. Today we continue our profiles of new MPs of the class of 2020. Uh, Today we have the pleasure of talking to Damien Smith, a List MP from the ACT Party. Uh, And so we're going to be putting to him some questions about his background, about his politics, uh, about his economics even, um, and then try to find out a little bit more about him as as a person. Uh, So it's going to be quite an interesting half an hour, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. So uh, Damien, firstly, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Um, can you tell us, you're a new MP and you've only been in, par- in Parliament for probably less than 60 days. Not a lot of people will probably know much about you. Can you tell us about your background before you got into politics?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. I'm, I'm originally from Northern Ireland and uh, I moved, first came to New Zealand in 1996 to have a look around. And then I fell in love with the country and its people. And I came here permanently after living for four years in Sydney uh, in 2002 and decided I'm not going to leave. It's my home and I love being here. Um, And by way of background, um, I was sort of, my first career was in sales and marketing, uh, at British Steel and uh, The Virgin Group and Pathé Film. And then um, I got into business banking in Australia with Macquarie Bank and the ASB Bank here in New Zealand. And I've also owned my consulting firm here in Auckland. And um, so it's taken me up to sort of pre-election where I met David Seymour about a year and a half ago, and um, he was talking lots of common sense. It's funny, we all seemed to meet in the Belgian bars <laughs> right Auckland, mm-hmm. Rook and uh, myself, and we just listened and um, got really attracted to the party. That's the sort of history now. But, you know, I left Ir- Ireland in the early 90s when the economy completely tanked, and it was hard to get a good job there. So you had to go to London. So I see a lot of similarities today in New Zealand to my younger years in Ireland. So I don't want to see that happening again here. And I've got a 17-year-old daughter. So she's at King's College here. And, um, you know, so it was just a good time for me to stand for ACT because I believed in free trade and property rights and the right to be able to conduct your own business and, you know, freedom of speech, hold the government to account. And, you know, every... Citizen in New Zealand should get it for a fair go. So, you know, those were the ingredients I thought for a successful country. And, you know, I don't want to see those being lost by, you know, a never expanding government who is just racking up debt wherever, you know, it, it's possible. So um, the ACT party was the party for me.
0: You've only been a party member for about a year and a half. Is that unusual for an MP to be a member of the party for such a short time before becoming an MP?
1: Well, you know, I I sort of signed up as a financial member prior to that. But, yeah, I guess it is. But, um, you know, they ran a really clear process. You know, they went out to everyone uh, who was a member and said, look, do you fancy um, standing? It wasn't just, um, you know, it had nothing to do with um, anybody other than myself. So it was um, a very transparent process. And um, it was run by Tim Jago, who's the president. Uh, of the ACT party and uh, it was a very fair process um, and I originally came in at number 11 on the list and then one of the chaps dropped out because he was not feeling too well so I went to number 10 and um, you know people might have thought my chances were sort of outside the the ring if you know what I mean but I always felt that there was a potential to for ACT to do really well and uh, now we're sort of 10x 10 times the MPs and Funnily, you know, on the ground when we were campaigning, I just had this feeling that we were going to do exceptionally well, and David led a great campaign, and, uh, you know, it was really just um, amazing to be out in East Auckland where I studied in Botany because, you know, we're starting to find a vote, and, um, you know, which hadn't been there before, and so we just listened. We just sort of listened to people's issues and, you know, practice common-sense politics and... Um, you know now the job for me is to become a really you know highly effective opposition m p which is what you know the ten of us are trying to do in parliament and it's um it's you know we've made a real impact even already you know so it's um it's been an outstanding sort of time and you know it seems <laughs> the the general election seems a long time ago now, but it's not um but we've been working hard we're a great team um given great leaders and you know, we just—I think—you uh, know—can change politics. So, uh, you know, from the opposition side, David's been highly effective for, you know, six years on his own, and I think he really enjoys now having a team around him, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's doing real, real good at that.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned um, standing in Botany, and you were promoting basically the the Act vote. Um, do you agree with Jamie Lee Ross's assertion that it was actually a three-way race between himself, National, and Labour?
1: Well, you know, I, I didn't really, um, you know, I didn't really pay much attention to Jimmy because, you know, our role as uh, ACT MPs was to attract the party vote. And, you know, David's directly elected in his um, Epsom uh, constituency, and he would be directly elected any day now. He's just so popular there. So our jobs were, there was 55 of us standing around the country, and so our job was to go out and, and really just you know, promote the party vote and why it made common sense um, on, on a political level to, to you know, come across the act. So I, n- I never really worried about him. I never worried about the other candidates. I just was doing my job and, you know, we um, you know, we got a great result. So, and then he dropped out. So that was his decision. And, you know, but I've never met a guy and I've never actually had any political discourse with him. I, I did debate with, um you know, the two other candidates and Christopher and, and, uh, you know, the Labour candidate. And I I just, you know, I enjoyed um, that because the three of us actually had, um, you know, a lot of a lot of things in common that we wanted to get done for East Auckland. And so, yeah, it was never really um, on my radar with Mr. Ross.
0: Okay, can you finish this sentence for me? Quote, the role of government is...
1: Well, the role of government for me is to stay out of the way and be small, you know just really facilitate great things in the country and not to try and run the country and dominate everybody's discourse so um you know for us we were are the party of freedom we're a- party of good policy and principles, and you know David's a great example of that you know clearly he he's been really effective at getting good policy outcomes you know for the party and. By not accepting the bubbles of office. So, you know, it's not about for us, it's not about getting ministerial cars, it's about getting New Zealand back on its feet and, and getting people back to work and getting government spending and debt under control. So, you know, we've got a very different agenda.
0: So you're the ex-spokesman for um, racing. Uh, it's been a very controversial portfolio in recent years due to the Minister of Racing and some of his decisions. Um, do you yeah. think it still warrants being a separate portfolio, a separate ministerial portfolio? No, I don't think we need a Minister of uh, Racing,
1: if you know what I mean. I think um, you know our policy on that is is, is pretty clear. Um, we believe in the industry. Uh, we believe that it's um, it's got a future, uh, both at a breeding level and at a... Um, racing level but you know it's it's um, it's down to the industry now after the restructure to, um, to really look after itself and you know it can be sustainable with better governance and I think it'll thrive again but you know I mean it's a really integral part of our culture because it sort of represents about 1% of our GDP and it's probably about you know 15,000 people employed directly or indirectly and Also, if you look at all the people that are involved with it, that's probably around 60,000 people in racing every week. So, you know, we support the majority of what the Mazar review recommendations were. But we do have some reservations about closure of racing venues without sort of meaningful community consultation. I mean, the the, um, you know, as an example, um, you know, you've got a place in Dargaville who's, you know, the, the race course has been suspended or they're not allowed to run races and you know the community wants to reactivate that well then you know we'll take that to the minister of racing which is Grant Robertson and we'll we'll talk about that and you know uh, I still think that local communities who own their own assets they should have their own property rights so uh, I never really understood why you would take away um, assets and 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 try and redistribute them to the rest of the industry. So, you know, that's something that we're working through at the moment. But I think the recent bill has provided, you know, the industry with an opportunity for a degree of self-determination, and it's up to them now, really.
0: On to media matters, I mean, you've had a long involvement in finance and banking and and revenue issues. In your view, what should the tax system in New Zealand look like ideally?
1: Well, you know, the tax system, I mean, you know, acts very clear about tax policy. We believe that, you know, people can spend money better themselves than politicians can. And at the same time, everybody's got to, you know, run their books and households the way it's most cost-effective for them. And, I mean, so there's a bit of a mismatch between what we have to do privately and what the government's doing. And, you know, I think from our point of view, you know, tax for us is, it's um, it's something that as a policy, we know that, um, you know, they should be levied at sort of the minimum rates and, uh, as possible. And, and, you know, capital should never be taxed. So, you know, ACTS, that's always been part of ACT's policy and principle foundation that, um, you know, people um, can spend their money better. And in a free society, you, you want people to be incentivized to not be overtaxed. So, my worry is that, um, you know, we do end up getting overtaxed and burdened with debt, so that's one of the reasons I got into politics, and that's one of the reasons I sit on the finance and expenditure committee is to hold the government accountable.
0: So you're also the uh, Xbox person for land information. Are there any issues in that, or any political issues in that arena at the moment?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, obviously, the Overseas Investment Act, it's, um, you know, we we have a policy where we'd like, our top trading partners, you know, the top 17 or 20 OECD partners to be sort of given preferential treatment to trade with us. And and, uh, it just takes too long to get capital attracted to the country. And, you know, one of the things we've got to understand is that, okay, there's so much income tax that can be um, generated, but I think we need capital here to help our businesses grow and we need new businesses to come here. So, if there's anything in the land information system, it's it's probably that relationship between, you know, assets here and the free flow of capital. And as long as our national security interests are protected, um, we should encourage capital to come to New Zealand. Again, the other part with land information is that you know they spend a lot of money on their systems to upgrade sort of the registration of land titles, and um, you know that didn't go particularly well, but. You know, it's important that uh, we get that right. So, it's a it's a really um, exciting portfolio in the sense that it does a lot of things that people don't actually fully understand. So, I wrote a you know a briefing paper for my caucus partners and members, and um, they were amazed to find out what the land information portfolio is all about. So, um, I'm I'm really glad I, I'm really glad I'm working on that. Um, but you know, it is it's all linked, interlinked with the sovereignty of New Zealand and um, you know that's got to be protected.
0: Well, I think a lot of our listeners will be much more enlightened about land information than they were at the start <laughs> of this podcast, uh, yeah, because it well, is often you know, considered it's often misunderstood, underestimated as a portfolio. Yeah, um,
1: well, I mean, it's and, and, and
0: you know it manages a huge vast of
1: um, the country as well in terms of you know the natural um, parks and um, it, it's and it also does all the geospatial mapping of um, our land and sea. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably the only person in the country super excited about it, <laughs> but, but it's actually um, it's actually a great portfolio. And um, I was chatting to David about it, and he was going, yeah, this is exciting. If if he could be the minister of anything, he'd probably want to be the minister of
0: that, you know? <laughs> well, speaking of being ministers, um, mm. well, not really, just uh, what's, mm. what is parliament like as a place to work in?
1: Well, you know, it's... Um,
0: when you're in the opposition at the moment, I mean, you, you've got to be
1: highly effective in terms of communicating, eh, what your policy is, but also, um, just standing for your principles. And it's, um, you know, at the moment, Labour's got a very dominant position in terms of its mandate. You know, we have to accept that. And, so all we can do is really hold them to account, uh, write good policy. Well, one of the great things about being in the Act Party is that, you know, things like Farm Act or the restructuring of the DHB, you can write policy and then, you know, the bigger parties take it and put their own spin on it. But ultimately we do the work and, um, you know, suddenly something pops up and, you know, like last week we talked to the Reserve Bank Bill and there's probably five points that, you know, we've got across that, Will influence that in a in a very positive way, so yeah, it's, it it takes it, when you get used to the fact that you know you're there and you're making great law, um, or you're influencing great law, um, you also realise that you could see bad law happening, and I think that one of the problems with the Labour government is that it's it's emergency rush for passing laws has hasn't led to great law, and you know I think um, the select committee process which I sit on with various portfolios, you know, that's a acid test of getting through that. So, you know, we we believe we're the party of good policy and principles. So we're just going to stick at that and um, try and influence the parliament at a debating level in the select committees, but also try to change the views of people in the country. And you know, grow grow the party. I mean, we we'd love to have the party where it's not just 10 of us, but it's 20 plus. You know, so the next stage for us is to match that policy environment inside Parliament with being out actively campaigning our messages. And I think um, you know the the job of a MP. There's probably three jobs. There's in Parliament, then you're constituency which is really important and then the third thing is to match the three of them up you know um, so that people get what you're doing and um, I think parliament sometimes can look a bit boring but it's it's actually the place where the business gets done and um, or laws, silly laws get passed and our job is to stop all that.
0: So when you eventually leave parliament uh, what would you like your legacy to be? How would you like to be remembered?
1: yeah, I'd like to make a real impact on the Reserve Bank bill, the Overseas Investment Office tax bill. Um, I'd like to leave a legacy where, you know, I was seen as highly effective in my job. Um, I'd like to leave a legacy where I was a collegiate player with the team and supported David and Brooke. And, you know, if I walked out of there, you know, I'd done my job for the three years or the, you know, hopefully it'd be six or nine. You know, that's our goal. But, um, the important thing is that every day when you walk in there, you, you're asking questions of the government and holding them to account. So So um, all the teams doing that, and so everybody in their different portfolios um, got lots of real practical life experience, which I think the government doesn't have after the sort of the caucus level that they've got. Um, so, you know, we're there to you know, if we could be seen to be the accountable party and, and grow the party over the next three years, it'd be a massive success.
0: So, what themes are you thinking about for your maiden speech, uh, which I think is in February next year?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I think one of them is productivity. I think the country, um, New Zealand's a very rich country, but we need to be um, more productive on a individual and corporate level. Um, I think you know our growth potential in New Zealand is just you know we could be a real star country over the next uh, hundred years. I think we need to just be um ourselves as a nation and you know we've got resources that probably you know we could be extracting and uh, leveraging that I think um people have forgotten about and uh, or you know the opposition from dogma point of view doesn't really want to dig to, to to go there with um I think from a corporate and state owned enterprise level I think there's lots of inefficiency there that needs to be you know, restructure it. And to me, you know, the backbone of backbone in New Zealand is small enterprises and entrepreneurs who, uh, and you know, and men and women who really want to just give it a go. And um, I think, you know, there's got to be a massive trend towards sort of self-employment. Um, and I think that's um, ultimately um, good for the economy. And I, you know, I think it's really a case of how do we probably put structures in place to support that and um you know I, I really think the SME community out there always you know can really relate to ACT as a party and uh, so one of our goals over the next three years is to really make that work.
0: So one of the biggest and most unexpected controversies in Parliament near the end of the the year was the call for men not to have to wear ties in the House. <laughs> uh, what's your uh, what's your uh, point of view on this?
1: Uh, look, I, I think, um, you know, I I think men should wear ties. And so in the House, when you go to Parliament to do your do your business and your lawmaking, I think you know if you look at David, he's a very debonair chap. <laughs> Um, so I think he would agree too. But, you know, it's not it's not the biggest issue in the world. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll be writing over this summer to speak. But just say that's, that's our view. And, um, you know, what everybody else does, that's up to them. But it was interesting that that whole debate was opened up by James Shaw. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. But, you know, from my point of view, I'll be suited and booted, the Taiwan on when I get to Parliament again, you know, in February.
0: Thank you. Uh so we're gonna move on to the sort of more quickfire round and these are um in general not political questions, though there is one okay. political one at the end. Uh what's your favorite book?
1: Um I'm reading one by Matthew McConaughey at the moment called Green Lights about his life and it's like a journal and it's really interesting from a you know, an American and um perspective just on how he grew up, his family and um, you know, his success in the entertainment industry, but also just um, how he's how he's dealt with life as he's got older. So that's that's my read at the moment.
0: Uh, so who is your favourite New Zealand music act?
1: Uh, no, New, Z- New Zealand music.
0: Yep. Um, person. Yep.
1: Yeah, I All like Dawn McLaughlin. I think um, um, I love his music. There's a lady called Caitlin Smith who's um, a jazz um, singer. I like her too. So there's some great music, and I'm just so Ooh. passionate about live events. I mean, that's why I wanted to be you know, have arts and culture and heritage in my portfolio. But it's there's just some great talent in New Zealand and um, you know, just wanna encourage that. Um so yeah, those those are some of the names.
0: Who is the most famous person you have ever met?
1: <laughs> Jonah Lomo, I think. <laughs> yeah. I was lucky enough to meet Jonah Lomo um in Paris. Um when he when he, he wasn't playing then, then, but it was over there for the Rugby World Cup where uh, the all blacks were supposed to be there for the semi final and um i um they were knocked out in London, you know the quarterfinals were the weekend before um where both Australia and New Zealand were knocked out, so we all went over to paris and um on the train and it was because um, my sister lives in London, so it was a pretty mournful scenario watching everybody you know being upset about that but jono he was great he talked to everyone and he was a great great guy and you know I think it Around the world, he was just, um, everybody respected him massively, you know.
0: Yeah, he was truly a force of nature. Now, a tricky question. Are you a cat person or a dog person?
1: (laughs) I'm a dog person, yeah.
0: Do you have dogs?
1: (laughs) I I had dogs, yeah. I had a couple of dogs. I don't have them now. I just always find dogs um, fun to be with and um, very loyal. And, um, you know, that's a bit like myself, really.
0: (laughs) I said the last question was tricky, but this one's even trickier um all oh, right <laughs> what is your prediction for the next election?
1: Oh well I think um the AG party's gonna double in size um at least and um I think it's um i'm not that's all I'm interested in is growing the party and the public's perception of what we do um I can't really say at the moment where it's all going to go, but you know obviously we'd like to form a government one day, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's too, too early to say. And, um, we're just going to do a highly effective job as being the opposition for the next three years and see if we can really make a, make a difference.
0: Well, that's the end of the questions. Um, really want to thank you for your time today and, um, your bold prediction is it's quite hard sometimes to get even new MPs to make such, um, firm statements on the future. So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's, um, No one really knows the future, but um, I think um, you can share it if you know what I mean.
0: Thanks again. So you've been listening to the uh, Taxpayers Union podcast, uh, Profiling UMPs. This time, Damien Smith, List MP for ACT. We thank him for his time.